Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... And embracing that fear and using it as a superpower to lead and lean forward and having conviction in whatever problem that you're solving. Believing in yourself is a really strong pattern for, for those companies and the founders that are still moving forward, especially, you know, here comes a pandemic. How can we adapt and adjust? So yeah. that resilience is a really important quality. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 245 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Julie Trell. Julie was recently the head of Telstra's startup accelerator, Murudi. She came to the role with a vast and varied background spanning both startup and corporate environments. In her previous role as the founder of Playful Purpose, she helped companies integrate meaningful philanthropy programs into their businesses. She was an advisor to several startups from San Francisco to London, and Julie was instrumental in launching SheEO Radical Generosity in the USA in 2016, a global initiative to transform how we support, finance and celebrate female entrepreneurs and launched SheEO in Australia in 2018. Prior to that, Julie has two decades of experience in corporate philanthropy, spending much of that time as a founding member and vice president of All Things Fun, Meaningful and Rewarding at Salesforce.com Foundation. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Julie's insights learned from working with early stage startups and some of the key qualities that Julie's witnessed in successful founders. So Julie, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me in 250 plus episodes. Oh, it's Great our pleasure. Here. Absolute pleasure, Julie. So to kick things off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led to your passion in supporting people in startups and business and particularly a focus on supporting female founders? Sure. So my journey is very serendipitous. Follow the universe, listen to the universe often. I started my life as a teacher and a technology specialist in a middle school which I guess you could say is the ultimate startup phase. Yep. I worked with teachers and students, how to integrate technology into the curriculum. And I just loved when I would see, um, the, being the catalyst for when that light bulb moment went on for the teachers and the students alike when things clicked, which led to then more serendipity. I had a conversation with Mark Benioff, who is the founder and CEO of Salesforce. This was back in 1998. Mm-hmm. And a very, you know, unsuspecting conversation led me to having an unsuspecting conversation that was my interview to help start the Salesforce Foundation back in 2000. There were only 115 people there at the time. And Mark Benioff knew that he wanted to start the culture of the company as integrated philanthropy from the start. So it was the concept of giving back. I like to say giving forward from inception. Mm. And so I got to work with employees and nonprofits alike and 
matching them as volunteers to the much needed nonprofits. And then we saw the technology of Salesforce, how it was a very powerful tool for nonprofits to manage their work. So my role as VP of all things fun, meaningful, and rewarding, Mm -hmm. I got to work directly with the employees, the nonprofits, and I guess you could say I was in the early business of people and impact. Yeah. And then more serendipity, answered a a job description that said, filling the flip-flops by my predecessor, Annie Parker. It was her love letter to find her replacement. I actually think it was akin to the Mary Poppins when the kids write the letter to find their Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. And there were two things that stood out. She was looking for someone that had the gravitas to work with corporates. So my 12 years at Salesforce, you know, I had some of that. And working to influence the corporate environment. And then had considerable experience with early stage and scale up startups. And, you know, I think growing up at Salesforce was very helpful. And then I just took the leap, not necessarily having been a founder myself, which was that imposter voice in my head. Mm. Seeing what had happened, and I took the leap and moved to Australia three and a half years ago. Wow! And you've done a lot since then. I mean, as we spoke about in your bio, you've you headed up Murray D. You're also the CEO Australia Country Lead. So, can you please tell us a little bit more about how CEO supports women and your role there? Sure. So when I came down here, I figured, you know what? Hey, I launched this in the U.S. This is a nice place to launch it as well, given it had already launched in New Zealand. Yeah. And so what CEO, the fund is, it's a new model, a new mindset, and an attempt to create the new system of systems that are very old and archaic and and somewhat broken, is a fund for women entrepreneurs. The fund is made up of contributions from other women that not necessarily are investors or donors. They just want to be part of this network. So women who contribute $1,100, or again, not donors, not investors, but they're activators. And we like to use that word because... They're activating their capital, their buying power, their network, and their expertise to help other women-led ventures. So the funding then goes to five women-led ventures who are working on the world's to-do list, also known as the Sustainable Development Goals. And the women are the ones who select. The women who have contributed their money, the activators, vote. And activators are anywhere from year 11 students up to the age of 90 with backgrounds from corporate startup, starting their own business, consultants, different ages, different regional and indigenous women across Australia. Once the five are selected through a very democratic process, the five women then decide how the money is divided up. So it's not a winner takes all type initiative. The five women decide how this capital is divided and it can't all go to one person and it can't be divided evenly. So what starts to happen is they learn how to negotiate on their own and then they form these beautiful bonds on how to support one another. And so it's the opposite of a shark tank. Mm. Now, the, all of the women, the other women that have applied that weren't selected are still in the network. They come to calls. They become activators themselves. I know that I have become involved with companies that weren't selected, but I got to see that pipeline through the application process. So it's a real process where everyone can, you can still get these ma- amazing touch points as a venture, as a founder, looking for not only capital, but looking for expertise. Mm. So we have 10, there are 10 ventures now in, in Australia, all working on the world's to-do list. And it's really been amazing to watch them support one another. For instance, one of the companies needed to get a DGR status and the other one helped with auspices. And this person needs needed design a designer. And one company actually has designers within their, their something. So it's this beautiful connection and network. Mm. So it's very diverse from the heart and the start. And as I mentioned, we have a balance of age, location, expertise, indigeneity, 
And it is in five countries. So it is a global initiative. There's 5,000 women around the globe. So if and when we start traveling again, if you're their venture in this cohort, in this portfolio and say, I'm going to San Francisco, I need connections to X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. And there's a bunch of activators in that location that can say, I can set you up right away. Mm. Finally, in Australia alone, we have over 550 women that have contributed over the last two and a half years with a tune of over $670,000. This is, I, I failed to mention, this is a zero interest five-year loan. Mm. So that money, it's a perpetual fund, which will stay in Australia. It's such a supportive initiative, Julie, and I'm certainly familiar with some of the initiatives that have been supported and also some of the activators who are part of SHEO, and they're all really, really inspiring women and initiatives. So great work there in, in bringing that to Australia and, and getting it set up. Now, let's talk a little bit about your recent role as the global head of Maroo D, which is basically a startup accelerator sponsored by Telstra with programs across Australia. And during that time, you supported many early stage startups. So I was really keen to hear some of the sort of patterns and qualities that you witnessed across the different founders you worked with, which have gone on to make some seriously big impact. So I, three came to mind when, you, when I thought about this question. Resilience. So embracing that fear that comes to stepping out from wherever you came from, whether it's university, a big corporate, and embracing that fear and using it as a superpower to lead and lean forward and having conviction in whatever problem that you're solving. Believing in yourself is a really strong pattern for, for those companies and the founders that are still moving forward, especially, you know, here comes a pandemic. How can we adapt and adjust? So yeah. that resilience is a really important quality. A willingness to be curious. So this goes along with that whole adaptation, being adaptable, being curious, growth mindset, and open and active listeners to the network or people that are helping you out and how to be able to shift should something like a pandemic come yeah. or yeah. if customers are having problems with whatever your product is, really being able to listen is very, very key. And finally, believing in, in what you're doing and the difference that you're planning on making in the world is really important. Finding that balance of what you're doing and that you're making a difference. So the, the, the macro and the micro of your business and again, still having those convictions. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I can absolutely agree with, with all of those points there. Really, really interesting. And I'm keen then to hear a little bit more about the broader sort of advice that you'd give, Julie, like particularly to, to those entrepreneurs that have a very strong impact-led or purpose-led sort of focus who are at the early stages of starting. Where have you seen them typically go wrong and what sort of advice would you give to them? They're my favorite. They're at the early growth, playful curiosity stage. Yeah. So really important, I reiterate, is talk to your customers. Do your research. Are you solving your own problem, one that you have, or is it some that many other people are struggling with? So really understand what the problem is and how the, your customers want solved might be different than the way you see it solved. So being able to step out and listen, again, it's, that's where they go wrong, is mm. too much conviction to what they're leaving in. Being very clear in what your impact is and, that, and how you're doing good and doing well. So if you can tell your story straight up, to your investor or your customers and they get what you're saying. I love this little game that we did in at Mira D and I've seen some other accelerators do it called Baby Shark Tank, yeah. where instead of the judges being adults, the judges were six to 14 year olds. So if you can't tell your story to a six to 14 year old, 
You need to work on your marketing message. Mm-hmm. Plus, these 6 to 12, 14-year-old judges are going to ask very different questions. So being prepared for all of these different differences that, that come out. The other thing is report on the impact that you're making. I'm finding, you know, tell, explain to your customers, your investors, make sure you always keep in touch with your investors. That's been a, they've gone wrong. Even when things you think are going sideways as a founder, your investors invested in you for a reason. You've got to tell them what's going on. And I get emails from the founders and hear, you know, this is the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. I want to help them. I'm ready to help them before it gets worse. So that communication is really, really key. The other place where it typically go wrong is listening to experts who are not experts in the social impact space Mm. and where they're looking for only money, only stay strong. If you know, if you're coming from a a nonprofit or a pure social enterprise and you know how to solve the problem and can get around things, make sure that that's that's guiding you as well versus someone that wants to make the money from what you're doing and they don't have that expertise. Such great advice there, Julie. And I'm sure we know that you've worked with a, a lot of these different enterprises. So which projects or initiatives have you come across recently that you find really inspiring and are out there creating some of that really positive social change? Oh, this is not fair to ask me. It's like asking what your favorite child is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go dig into the CEO portfolio because I love they're all guided around the sustainable development goals. And so some of my ones that are very inspiring is in digital by Michaela Jade. Her story in and of itself is really inspiring. Mm. She was not a technologist. And so in digital works in schools, they're combining cultural intelligence, also known as CQ, with digital intelligence, DQ, for sustainable communities. So teaching kids, teaching students how to build AR and AR components through the lens of digital historical cultural stories. And it's got all these beautiful pieces of elders and education and cultural and technology. She was a a park ranger. Wow. And she's created incredible partnerships, incredible stories. So this this, the language, the cultural, the, the technology is all being now taught and part of curriculum in school. So she is really inspiring. Helen Black of Work Restart. It's a social enterprise mm. creating communities and giving meaningful employment opportunities for currently and previously incarcerated people. So an ex- building an accelerator inside a prisons that can come out. And as I, I referenced earlier, one of their ventures is they have designers within the prison system that can help do d- design, graphic design. It's a, it's a win-win. So when they get out, they have something. Neighborlytics, Lucinda Hartley and Jessica Christian Franks. It's a social analytics platform transforming how neighborhoods are planned, designed, and managed. So, and it's looking at all the components of designing neighborhoods, which is really important now, especially again, with COVID and work habits changing, really insightful platform. So I think a lot of these, whether technology or not, so another one I found interesting was Full Circle Fibers. While not selected in the CEO portfolio, they are yarn and fabrics and sustainable Mm. in Australia. It's not tech. And making sure that they're ethically sourced fibers and the whole supply chain is really exciting. So again, an example of while they weren't selected by everyone, I'm still inspired by some of these companies that are still doing amazing work. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's some great initiatives there. And it's good that you mentioned Helen Black of Work Restart. It was funny, just last week, we interviewed Amanda and Kelly of Green Fox Studio, who work as that studio inside the, the prisons, helping those incarcerated Australians and reducing that recidivism rate. So our listeners can can hear directly from those founders themselves. And they're also part of our accelerator program this year. So it's great to see them doing such good things. But to finish off then, Julie, could you please share some books that you'd recommend to our listeners? So I'm currently reading Undaunted by Kara Golden. She is the founder of Hint Water, and her career journey has been really inspiring back in the days before e-commerce and how e-commerce was started. So it's called Undaunted, Overcoming Mm. Doubts and Doubters. And then I've been reading also Trusting Yourself by MJ Ryan. She happens to be the development guide for the CEO Ventures and the similar guise of trusting yourself, the doubters and overcoming all of that. So in order to be a good founder and a strong leader, you need to understand your strengths, your gaps and, and how to overcome them. They sound like great reads, Julie, and a great way to finish off the podcast. So thank you so much for sharing your really generous insights and time today, Julie. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, and we'll certainly look forward to tracking your journey as you move forward and and that of Shio as well. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. It's been our pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.